Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because we are continuing to podcast our way through the Bond franchise. We're good for like one or two a year. <laughs> yep. Uh, we are talking about 1989's License to Kill, a.k.a. License Revoked, which means I'm joined for this very special Bondcast by Mike Pomero. Hey, Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good. Do you like this movie? I do like this movie. We're done. Do you not, do you not like this movie? I like I, it enough. It might have caught me in a good place. I enjoyed it more than I thought like I would, the but butt? please do not. So I did not... You asked me to do this, I don't want to say last second, because it, it was not last second, but I did not have enough. To, had I had more time, I would have liked to have watched. Um, living Daylights. Thank you. Yeah, oh no God, problem. It's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> um, li- living Daylights, because I feel like I can't compare the two, because I need to see Living Daylights again. Okay. So, so I know you're going to ask that so question. So I shouldn't ask you to compare the two is what you're and saying. And I know, I'm sure you love Living Daylights more. I do. Um. Not saying I wouldn't, but I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed this one. All right, cool. Uh, before we talk License to Kill, Mike, mm-hmm. have you seen anything good lately? Um, let's see. I have been reading Tarantino's new book, right. Cinema Speculation. So I've been trying to watch some of those movies, some first-time watches, some Me too. revisits. What have you... Uh, so, I, so I've done... Like on Scorsese's birthday, I threw in Taxi Driver because okay. I knew. But I mean, I'm very familiar with that one. Yeah. Um, Sisters. Okay. So, do you are you a fan of Sisters? Uh it's like tier two De Palma for me. I agree. This is only the second time I've seen it. The first time I saw it, um, I remember liking it, but being a little disappointed. And this time, the first half, at least, I would say, first third, maybe first half, like really worked on me. That's I, I think it's Tarantino's pretty thesis as well, it, yes, right? That yes. like up until the murder, it's really good. And I would agree with him on that. And then, um, then he goes savage on Jennifer Salt. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. And then I would, I would argue that the second half it doesn't work quite as well, but it's still a lot more fun than I remembered. Um, Margot Kidder's awesome. She is. She's all French Canadian. Yeah, but it's so great. <laughs> Uh, so that has been a bit of a highlight. Deliverance was another one that I haven't seen since maybe film school. Um, but enjoyed that as much as you can enjoy Deliverance, I guess. Is there a chapter about Deliverance? Uh, I, I skipped yeah. around. Okay. Oh, I was yeah, reading yeah. it on a plane and I skipped around, so I didn't get to the chapter on Deliverance. Do you know that's why he didn't add a glossary? So you couldn't skip around? He said, <laughs> he, he said, if... When he gets books like that, he tends to skip around because he'll go to whatever movie he wants to, you know, yeah, you know, right, right. Um, and he said, he's like, when I, when I wrote this, he said, I, I just, he said, I, I feel like it, it just reads better if you start from the beginning and, and go and go to the end. He said, but he said, but, but again, I've, you know, I would skip around when I get these books. He said, but I've never actually had the author tell me not to skip around before. <laughs> um, so yeah, but yeah, there's a Deliverance chapter. Okay, have you seen Deliverance? I, must have I have seen Deliverance, but it's been a number of years. It's um yeah another one that's 
quite good. I watched it in film school and was trying to remember like what I fucking get it. class you went to film school. <laughs> I said it too much, <laughs> but I spent the, half the movie being like, "What class would I have watched this in?" Because I don't cinema of Bert. <laughs> I wish there was a cinema. That's of Bert. what I'm going to teach in this basement. I would attend that class. Burt Reynolds is a guy who I did not appreciate till I mean I always liked him, but yeah. I'd say like a couple years ago I discovered him, if you will. Okay. I like started watching some of his movies. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he was a fucking movie star. Yeah. He's he made a lot of shit movies, but yeah. I kinda like the shit movies too. Yeah, because he's in them. Exactly. He's just one of those actors I just yeah, love. Yeah. I love watching. I forget the movie that it was where he like really clicked for me might have been Sharky's Machine when I watched that years ago. Okay. Because he directed that, too, and, like, it's awesome, so. He's awesome. Yeah. Show the girls Knives Out, the first Knives Out. We haven't seen the second one yet. No, me either. Um, That was a lot of fun. I think a theme on this podcast, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, movies that play better the second time around. Okay. I liked Knives Out the first time. Um, I might have been a little lukewarm to it it was fine but this time was like it's a little bit how i am on it like i like I, and i've only seen it once and i like it but i'm like mm-hmm. right th- that's where i was i don't understand the internet's <laughs> obsession with this movie but i've only seen it once and as you are about to point out i should watch it again or watch it with my kids because they, they were available <laughs> for you of course thank you they had so much fun um just sort i you know it, it, it dawned on me they've probably never seen a a uh, who done it right, like right, that? Right. Um, you never showed them Clue. I'm not sure. Well, no, Mia saw because right, when we it, watched it here, right? right when it ended, uh, Mia turned to Evie and said, "You should watch Clue." Nice. Um, and yes, and said she's like, "I think the same night we watched Cat's Eye." And I was like, "You're like, you're like Patrick and Risky." <laughs> like I don't remember. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. You guys stuck around for Cat's <laughs> yeah. Eye too. Um, <laughs> Best song from a movie. Uh, it's still Gowan. No, yeah, but. for sure. No, <laughs> Gowan is Gowan is better. I will grant you that. But that Cat's Eye song yeah. is a banger. It is. <laughs> uh, so that was a big hit. So Knives Out was good. Yeah, and they like Chris Evans because of Captain America. They like, they like Ana de Armas because of Blonde. <laughs> right, they're big Blonde fans. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, we watched Blonde. Um, no, we did not watch Blonde. Christy and I watched Blonde a while ago. So and good, I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> that movie is a fucking bummer. Uh, yeah. And I didn't think it a particularly good bummer. Like, I've watched good bummers before, no. and I, I'm a big Andrew Dominic fan no. based yeah, me, on... me too. I mostly was... two movies. I'm not the world's... I like, uh, whatchamacallit, Eric Bana is Chopper. Uh, I like mm-hmm. Chopper, but I don't yeah. like it as much as Jesse James or uh, Killing Them oh, Softly. Fucking Jesse James is so good. Yeah. We watched, um, let's see what else. Me and I, so we have this tradition the day after Thanksgiving, my wife Christy and daughter Evelyn will go shopping and me and I stick around to watch a scary movie. And this year she picked Christine. Okay. So we watched Christine. Okay. That movie fucking rules. I, another one that I like more every time I see it. And I think like, as I'm watching it this time, I'm like, I understand it's not, you know, maybe not top tier carpenter. It's not the thing. It's not Halloween, but. I'm just like, man, I and I don't know, I guess, what its reputation is. Um, you know, maybe it's 
beloved and um I'm talking out of my ass, but <laughs> but I thought but I'm just like watching this thing and like I feel like if this movie were directed by Joe Blow, that it would that people would hold it up as one of the you know yeah, yeah you know I totally like, get what you're you know saying. what I mean like yeah. like m- much higher because you know there's so many 80s I love 80s horror but there are so many 80s horror movies that are just put on this pedestal that next to Christine a movie like Christine I'm like yeah I don't I like right. what why like Night you know of I mean? the Demons is probably more widely beloved amongst horror fans than Christine sure. But you can't really compare the two in terms of quality. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this movie yeah. just directs the hell out of it. Yeah, I just, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a it's a case of of his highs are so high that maybe when a Christine comes out, it's just. I think that's true. Yeah, um, I feel like I was just discussing this phenomenon. And I can't remember where or why, but I feel like I just watched a movie from a filmmaker that I was like. Well, if somebody else had made this, it would be like one of my favorites of the year, but because it's the new so-and-so, and I don't remember who, so. I, I mean, I feel that way. I feel people feel that way about Spielberg sometimes. Like, okay. put out a, a sure. I don't know, Bridge of Spies or something, right. and I'm like, no one's talking about this movie. Like, it's really <laughs> Bridge fucking... of Spies is really good. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I still, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been maybe two years since I last watched Christine. Uh, A, I often confuse Alexandra Paul with Carrie Lowell, who's going to come up on this show. Mm-hmm. B, it stars John Stockwell, director of last week's Blue Crush. No. <laughs> and C, I always feel like Christine is missing, like, not a middle act, but a middle section, because Arnie goes crazy overnight. He does go crazy overnight. You are correct. It's missing, like... The there the, is the no... stuff where he starts to get dark. That is true. Where Alexander Paul actually falls in love with him. Like there's a whole section, and I have not read the book. Um, I'm not either, and I so I don't know if that stuff is in the book. But it feels like it's missing every time I watch. The You're 100 percent correct, and I did feel that watching it, watching it this time because it had been a minute since I'd seen it, and was surprised at how they really just jumped right ahead. To, yeah. Um. To to yeah to that the but, movie still rules. I'm not criticizing it, the movie, no, no, but I I feel I that every time I watch it. Yeah, my mic no, is doing it. something weird. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I, I guess stop there. Okay, the, those have been the highlights the past week or two. Do you want to talk about Pinocchio? Because most of our audience will not have seen it. Uh, sure. I I I enjoy. I'm I, not trying to put you on the spot. No, no, I was you're just fine. like you've got the early word. Uh, I saw Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I took my family. Um, how do I talk about this? I feel like it's the type of movie that I will be the one guy who likes it. Um, I don't know that it's for everyone. I will understand like the, I don't want to speak for Adam Risky. He might, you know, love it. But, but I feel like those that, that grew up with or love the, the Disney version and that's their version might, might, um, push this one away okay is it a little bit really different i think so i haven't okay. seen the disney one in quite a while yeah, there's a whole, a whole war subplot i don't remember if that is in a, a del toro uh... movie <laughs> right um <laughs> so wait there's this fantasy going on while a war takes place i mean i i tried stopping i said i was done <laughs> 
Uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I'm sorry, I, no, I did. You're... I forced you into it. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I love okay. stop motion. It's just yeah. Me too. I still like every time I see one of those movies, I spend the whole time being like, I can't believe they fucking right. Um, made this. It's probably a little bit too long, and I don't know that the musical numbers are great. But There's musical numbers? There are, and oh, I didn't know that, and I had to keep that information from my wife. Because <laughs> when they started singing, she's like, you didn't tell me they sing in this movie. I was like, I did that on purpose. I knew you would not be a fan. Um, but yeah, I liked it. But tearjerker at the end. and Okay. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had an opportunity to yet... Uh, I am looking forward to seeing it, and I I'd like you, if you like it. have seen the Disney one, but it doesn't take up a ton of real estate in my brain. Like that's not my Disney movie, so right. it does not for me either. But Christy and I went to uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding douchey, but I've probably already sounded douchey on this podcast, so that's fine. Uh, we went to Florence, Italy, for our honeymoon, mm. and Bella Bambi at twelve <laughs> o'clock, and we. There's Pinocchio shit all over Florence. Um, and that's, I think, the guy who wrote Pinocchio was from Florence. So that's like, so Pinocchio holds a special place in my heart for that. It's not the Disney animated one okay. per se, but okay. um, yeah, it makes me think of uh, Young Love ah, yes. <laughs> and our honeymoon. And I read, I like bought the book when we were on our honeymoon. Okay. And I, I read it, and all I remember is that. Jiminy Cricket's like an asshole. In Interesting. All, yeah. Not not in this movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, I all like it. All right. I like it. <laughs> uh, what can I talk about? I've seen a couple new things finally uh, because screener season has begun. And so I'm able to actually check out a few new things. I saw Tar, which we talked about a little bit the other day because you were here for Charlie's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um. I recommend everyone read Anthony King's piece on Tar because he was way more into it than me. For me, it felt like, I don't want to say a performance in search of a movie. Uh, It's a really good Cate Blanchett performance. Um, It's an interesting character study. It has some things to say about the times we live in in terms of, and I'm using this term mostly ironically, cancel culture, Uh, but maybe not enough to say or doesn't go deep enough into a subject in which I'm kind of interested. Uh, I was left mostly cold by it. Yeah, How long is it? It's like two and a half, I think. Okay. Everything's like every movie. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um. Worth seeing for the Cape Blanchett performance. Always. And I know you're a fan. Yes. Uh, but I, I wasn't super into the movie. Okay. Um, saw Smile. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that yet. But we were going to watch it the other, the other night uh, by this smile on your face. You should. You seem like you loved you it. You should watch it. Uh, here's the thing about Smile. It's well made. Uh, it's just, it's, it's like super J horror and I'm not a big J horror guy, uh, right? but it's, it feels very at home with like a movie from Japan from 2005. Okay. I don't like where it lands. I find it kind of offensive. Um, interesting. Yeah. I won't say, but, uh, and I, 
I thought it was a weird choice. Uh, the the lead actor, Sosie Bacon, daughter of Kevin and Kira Sedgwick, mm-hmm. is getting a lot of praise, and rightfully so. She's very good, but there's a weird decision that's made by the writer-director to have her kind of start to go crazy pretty early and then just leave her in that place for almost the two-hour runtime. <laughs> Uh, what's her name? Who's in all the marketing from yeah, Lucky McKee movies? I know, I know. This can drive me nuts. I love her. I figured, uh, because I know what a Lucky McKee fan you are. Come I'm going to look up her name. Caitlin something? Yes. Um, she's featured very prominently in all the marketing. She's in like the first 10 minutes of the movie, <laughs> you know, like her picture is used to sell the movie Caitlin Stacy yes. which is what I was going to say but then I was so afraid of being wrong because you would never let me live it down <laughs> yep. if there's you one thing I know about you yep. that describes our friendship <laughs> <laughs> so I did not love smile um here's a movie I loved that I had never seen before Adam McGoyan's Exotica have you ever seen it um what year was Exotica 94 yeah so uh 94 like our friend Doug, I've seen <laughs> parts of Exotica, probably around '94, but no, I've not. I don't. I've never seen it in its entirety. Okay, no. I'm an Adam McGoyan fan. Uh, we put it on. I didn't totally have the patience for it for a while, and in part because Erica and I both noticed there's this constant droning, like semi sitar music, where just in the strip club, it's always like. <laughs> And it's like, what? This is punishing. Uh, Elias Kateas is doing this weird existential strip club DJ voiceover where it's like, I, can anyone get a boner with this guy talking? Just... Uh, yes. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> I can't get that. Um, it's a movie that uh, I don't know how to talk about except to say that, like, you really – you can't give up on it. Because it continues to parse out information literally up until the last minute of the movie. And the very last scene reframes the entire thing. Okay. So by the time we get to the end, I'm like, holy shit. Not in like a twisty way, but just in terms of like, a, oh, this informs what these two lead characters have been playing out this entire movie. Oh, I like that. It's, it, was, it was really good. Two things. One... Yeah. Adam Thoss went through a big semi-sitar phase. Um, <laughs> two, how do you... And this might not interest... <laughs> oh, my God. This is my jam, man. Um, <laughs> sorry, Adam. I don't know why. Uh, he had it coming. Yeah, he did. Two, and this might interest only me. How do you and Erica pick a movie to watch? Like, how does Exotica... So, I up? bought it from Criterion a couple months ago. I didn't even know that was a yeah. Criterion title. Yes. Okay. I don't know when it came out. I didn't buy it at this last Barnes & Noble sale. So I have a stack upstairs of like, I don't know, it's up to probably 30 movies right now that I want to watch. Yep. They're not all new movies. They're not all first-time watches. But I was looking for something to put on, I think, after Smile, because we were both like, ugh. Let's watch something upbeat, like an Adam McGoyan tragedy <laughs> drama. 
Um, but I said, like, Erica, this is set in a strip club. She was like, put it on. <laughs> so Cher and Christy have a lot in common. Yeah, um, they do. So uh, literally it was chosen because it was set at a strip club. Okay. Uh, I think I was more into it than she was, but she was also, like, kind of working during it and not paying as close of attention. Got it. Um. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know how we chose okay. Exotica, but. I'm glad we did. Um, I've rewatched. Let's see. Towering Inferno. Uh, I saw for the first time because I was on a little bit of like a Steve McQueen thing after cinema speculation. Today I rewatched Daisy Miller. Okay. Oh, straight out of the the cinema speculation. Okay. I watched that too. You, what did you think? I still don't love it. I liked it a lot more. So the last time I watched it was right after, uh, after, uh, right after a decade under the influence. Like we drove to the landmark century to see a decade under the influence. Then we went straight from there to like a Barnes and Noble and bought a bunch of shit from the seventies because we were both like, we have to see all these movies. Yep. And that's when I watched Daisy Miller and didn't love it. Watched it again today. Liked it a lot more. Liked the Sybil Shepherd performance a lot more. Liked the dialogue a lot more. Still have a hard time connecting to it. I don't love it, but I will say I went on a uh, I had a uh, Bogdan- Bogdanovich kick a couple years ago. That's kind of what I'm um, still on this year. Ever since he died, I've okay. sought out so most great. to all of his movies. Right, it's so great. I and Daisy Miller was. I watched a bunch of his movies, and Daisy Miller was a last one in this group that I was going to watch and I watched normally I don't do this but I watched maybe 10 minutes of it and I was just like oh I'm not <laughs> feeling this I'm not in the mood so I never went back to it so again reading cinema speculation I watched I before the Daisy Miller chapter I watched it again <clears throat> and yeah I don't love it but I liked it I I'm mad at myself for not giving it a chance the first time it was better than I thought it would be, yeah. and it, and I don't mean not without giving anything away. Like, um, you know, it's a different movie at the end than yes, uh, than it starts out. It goes places I was not expecting, and and yeah, Sybil Shepherd I liked um, more than I remembered, and I don't I don't love the the guy playing Mister Winterborn, whose name I can't remember. I know he talks about him in the chapter. He does very sad, and it's not necessarily the actor's fault. I can't. I'm not super into that character, mm-hmm. which I guess I'm not supposed to be either. I don't, I don't totally know. Cause I've never read like the Henry James book. And I, I, I don't know. I've, again, I've watched a lot of Bogdanovich this year. Like I saw paper moon for the first time. I saw what's up Sorry. doc for the first time. What's up doc. I think is my favorite. Dude, What's up doc is so good. Loved it. Right. Felt like Ryan O'Neill should have been playing Mr. Winterborn. Yeah, yeah, totally. Might have liked it more. Yeah. Also, chances are would have been a sweet Daisy Miller reunion. <laughs> it's true. Um, Noises Off. Did you ever see Noises Off? Yeah, I weirdly watched Noises Off when I was a kid. It was, okay. it was like playing HBO. Fucking amazing yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember what else I saw for the first time, but Paper Moon's great. He's he was he was great. Yeah, and I didn't yeah I didn't appreciate him until a little more recently. And oh, I, some of his later stuff I didn't like. We watched The Cat's Meow, and we watched his last one, which is like that. Owen Wilson. Oh, I did comedy. not. See, right, I didn't see that one. Not great. Okay. 
his run kind of ends in the 90s i okay. would i would argue okay um but quite a run yeah you know. for sure rewatched mask uh yeah i've i've watched oh. so i've never seen mask cuz i have that gave me so people magazine when we were kids did a whole uh story about that movie and that gave me nightmares the I've, the story yeah i did okay. distinct memories of like my mom having people magazine we were on vacation and seeing those and i don't mean to be no, fa- when you're a kid, a, a you don't understand. Anything. I did not understand his condition, right. and I didn't. It's not like I went to my parents and asked for an explanation. Just like, <laughs> what is going on? And they were like, really, that, that haunted me, and I've never. Okay, you should see it now, especially it. because the director's cut restores all the Springsteen music. Oh yeah, and yeah. I know you're a big Springsteen yes. fan because I think he was replaced with Bob Seger when the movie came out theatrically, okay. but it restores all the. Oh, that's great. And I bought the DVD for like five dollars. That's great. So. um yeah, he was great. He was somebody I didn't totally appreciate when he was alive. Yep. In part because I couldn't nail down like um like you couldn't if you, you I put on a movie you couldn't yeah, right. tell like it's a Bogdanovich movie. And I'm such like a lamo where I want to watch movies as like this director's medium and I want to understand who the filmmaker is every time I watch one of his or her movies. And I couldn't quite do that with Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. I still don't think I can except to say that like, well, they're old fashioned. Right. Well, Del Toro makes movies with war. <laughs> oh, I can tell a Del Toro movie. Don't you worry. <laughs> I got his number. Um, anyway, Daisy Miller. Glad I rewatched it. Uh, Did they restore the semi-sitar? <laughs> in Daisy Sunday. Miller. In Daisy Miller. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad I watched it and uh, glad I own it. I don't know. That probably... I. It's not the last time I'm going to watch it, but it won't be the Bogdanovich movie that like I reach for. Okay. Yeah. Same. I feel like that'll be Noises Off or What's Up Doc, What's especially. Up, yes. I loved What's Up Doc. It's, it's so like good. one of my discoveries of the year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I would include, never seen it. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Um, and I would include uh, Exotica on that discoveries of the year list as well. I can't really say enough good things about it. Yeah. That's great. Uh, License to Kill is a James Bond movie from 1989. The second appearance and final appearance of one gentleman, Timothy Dalton, yes. as James Bond. Here's something that poisoned my brain a few years ago and has never escaped my brain. I read something somewhere or heard someone compare this to like, it seems like they were really trying to, you know, make this fit into like the action movies of the eighties. It feels very inspired by Miami vice. And as soon as I got Miami Vice in my head, <laughs> I've never been able to get it out once uh, when I watch License to Kill. Okay. And maybe it's because James Bond is constantly wearing a pink t-shirt underneath a white blazer. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's because the Bond theme is You Were Born for the City by Glenn Fry. <laughs> but... Uh no, it's it has I think it's the whole like drug cartel Robert yeah, Dobby sure. feels like a Miami Vice villain, yeah. not like a Bond villain. I I still like this movie. Oh, you do like this movie. Overall, yes. Um but I recognize and this is a thesis that we have been working on every time we talk one of these Bond movies is like we all want different things from a Bond movie. Yep. 
I think this movie, more so than Living Daylights, walked so that Daniel Craig could run. For sure. And I think it serves, yeah, Timothy Dalton's version of James Bond in that, like, again, like, I'm just, I like Timothy Dalton as James Bond. I'm never going to love him. I'm never going to love him. Um, but I think, but, but I think, like, uh, James Bond, uh, you know, a revenge-o-matic Again, I've been I've been reading some There's of my speculation. Oh, I rewatched Rolling Thunder also. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, um, yeah, like a, like a re- revenge film where Bond is straight up murdering people because he, he, yeah, like really murders people in this movie. A couple people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think that suits Timothy Dalton's version of Bond more, like you like. Well, they wouldn't have made this movie with Roger Moore. I understand that, but like mm-hmm. Roger's Moore, Roger Moore's Bond would not fit in License to Kill. Correct. Tim- Timothy Dalton's does. Yes. Um, and and yes, I know. I've heard many people say that like Timothy Dalton crawled so Daniel Craig could. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Do you say that this fits Timothy Dalton's Bond because this is fifty percent of what we got as his Bond? Like, I feel like we never really understood what the Timothy Dalton Bond. Is or could be because he only had two shots. That's true. I I think I just mean like, I don't find. Okay, so I've talked about this podcast a lot. The James Bond that I like, I like a James Bond with some charm and charisma. And I don't think that Timothy Dalton has that for me. And I think this Bond um, doesn't need it. He's not trying to. No. um, You know, he's not. He's not trying to to fuck his way through the movie, and he's you <laughs> Roger know, Moore style, right? Roger Moore style. He's yeah, he's a cold blooded killer. I've got a license to fuck, <laughs> which I did read in the I think of the IMDb trivia, IMDb trivia that uh, they cooled off on the sex in this movie because yes. of uh, AIDS. Yeah, that the, they right? denied it at the time, but then years yeah. later, Timothy Dalton was like, "Oh no, that's true." Yeah. Um, Which is interesting, but yeah, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I just think about he's about AIDS? no, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, um, about no, about Timothy Dalton. Why? I just think like, yeah, you're right. We only got two movies, so maybe we don't know what his Bond is or could have been. I just think that this this movie fit his Bond in that he's just. Yeah, well, I I said it already. Like he doesn't, he, he, charismatic Bond isn't needed in this movie. Charming Bond isn't needed in, in this movie. This Bond it, is a, um, yeah, he's cold hearted, cold blooded. Isn't my mic's not working? Hold on. Hello, hello. There it is. Okay, I, my mic was not working, or maybe it was, and no, it's still not totally working. Anyway, um, is. Is charm needed in in the Craig Bonds? No, but but I feel like he's Daniel Craig guy. He's my favorite. No, but I feel like he has a natural okay charm. Okay, that I don't know that Timothy Dalton does. And this is but but it's like this is just the stuff that I for whatever reason cling on to and I respond to. Like no, I mean no one to me out charms. 
I, I mean, like Roger James Bond in that regard peaked in Doctor No. That first fucking scene with Bond and Money Penny melts me every time. Okay, like, you want to talk about fucking charisma? Um, so when I watch that scene, I'm like, oh, that's that's my James Bond. Like I, right. I love that. Okay. But then I see Daniel Craig, and I'm just, I just, <laughs> I'm in love with Daniel Craig. It's sure, I get it. Um, and yet you haven't seen Glass Onion. I have not seen Glass Onion yet. No. Um, but yeah, but Daniel Craig's but Daniel Craig's Bond is like to me like this perfect mix of I do also like my uh I like his brute force bull in a china shop Bond, but he could also like, but I also get him seducing. Okay, Vesper, what do you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. like to, to me, he he's both sides of the coin. Or Timothy does this is so silly but where timothy dalton is one side and i i do not want to put you on the spot at all because you started this by saying you didn't have the chance to rewatch living daylights i didn't either uh but i do feel like we do get much more of the charming bond in living daylights because all his stuff with like is it olivia diabo or Miriam diabo it's Miriam. um I think all their stuff is like really sweet and I like their relationship in living daylights. Okay. Um, I don't feel like the issue I think is we never got to see a movie where T Daltz does both. We get one or the other. So he's kind of old fashioned, charming, slightly more lighthearted. I mean, he's a little bit darker in living daylights, but not, you know, Um, and then in this one, he's, pure bull in a china shop dark angry bond and we don't get a movie that marries the two ever and maybe had he done the third movie that we were promised that's what it right. would have been or maybe they would have just continued down that darker path i honestly don't know in in my head this is this is just his version of bond and i admit i'm probably being unfair because yeah i haven't seen living daylights in a long time and maybe maybe you're absolutely right maybe he's much more charming and stuff but like the, the, when i think of timothy dalton it's James Bond. This is what I think. You think? Okay. Um, and yeah, it fits this movie. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I had, again, I had more fun with this than I, than I remembered. It's not a great Bond movie. I don't think so. But, but I kind of enjoyed the, the, maybe the Miami vice of it all. The, just the drug dealer, like the scale. Yeah, this down. is 80s action Bond, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, and I, and I realized rewatching it today, and this is a thought that I've had probably every time I've watched this movie, I'm more of kind of a, an old fashioned bond guy, which is why I like Skyfall the most of the Craig bonds. Cause it's probably the most old, like classically bond of all his movies. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and why I prefer Living Daylights to License to Kill. Not everybody does. A lot of people love License to Kill and would argue this is like the underrated gem in the Bond catalog. For me, it's kind of Miami Vicey. Okay. Would you say it's like <laughs> middle of the road? Yeah. Bond yeah. Catalog? It's not bad. Like I said, yeah. I still like this movie. Um, and I like that it exists because, again, we get to see Bond in sort of an 80s action movie. It's just not what I go to Bond for. If I'm going to watch an 80s action movie, I'm going to watch an 80s action movie. I agree with that. I agree with that. It was fun seeing Benicio Del Toro looks like a baby in this He's movie. like 21 or I something. Know. He's ridiculous. I, I thought young. I read somewhere he's like the youngest Bond villain. That was on IMDb yeah. trivia as well. 
Um, uh, yeah, he has a funny line to his yeah. like maybe first line in the movie. It's hilarious. It's so why he gets cast and stuff, yep. you know, because he says something like, "We made sure to give her a good honeymoon," and you can picture the way that almost any actor would say it. But Benicio yep. like draws out honeymoon, <laughs> <laughs> and it's this crazy delivery that's so great and right? unique that only he can. Exactly, sort of and that's why he gets up, cast yeah. and stuff, and that's what makes him stand out, you yeah. know? What was uh, the last, like, great Benicio movie? Um, I liked, I don't know if it's the last one, I really liked Sicario. Yeah, he's amazing, amazing in that, but I never so saw the sequel. I did not see the sequel either. Because I was told I didn't really need to. But he's he's so good in that. I don't like him in Last Jedi. Yeah, I don't. I know. He's doing a thing. <laughs> he made a choice. He's doing, he's a, doing thing. a thing, and it's too much of a thing. Yeah. I don't like it. Oh, he was in No Sudden Move. That was good. He's great in The French Dispatch. All right. Okay, so I'm yeah. already forgetting oh, yes. like all That's the right. shit that he's in that he's good in. That's right. Did you like French Dispatch? I liked it enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say overall I liked it. It's like it's, 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 a, it's a movie for Wes Anderson graduate students, <laughs> and I don't consider myself one. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for me, he needs – Owen Wilson. Uh, and I don't mean in his cast. I mean to write with Owen Wilson. Yeah, I get that. Because I don't think he's ever been better than those first three. Even though I really like Grand Budapest Hotel. That's like the standout of the yeah. years where he's writing without Owen Wilson. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is great. French Dispatch is good. It's like Edgar Wright. and Although I really like Edgar Wright's movies. But like he's at his best when he's writing with Simon Pegg. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Anyway. Anyway, back license, to license, license to, to Kill. kill. <laughs> um, I'd like to see a Wes Anderson James Bond movie. Sure. Starring Don Johnson. Now that you've brought the Miami Vice <laughs> thing, I just want to see Don Don John, Don Johnson in Knives Out. It's so good. I forgot he was in Knives Out. Yeah. But Don, there was like a little Don Johnson resurgence uh, for a couple of years. Django. There. Django, Cold in July. Yeah. He's amazing in Cold yeah. in July. I forgot that he's in Knives Out. He's John Johnson fucking rules. He does rule. And like got locked into Miami Vice. Yeah. And even when he was making movies in the 80s and 90s, like wasn't really given a chance to be something else. Right. But even you watch something like uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, which I love. Yes. Uh, that guy's a fucking movie star. Yep. He's terrific. Yeah. Um, so yeah. license to kill uh the fifth and final john glenn bond he basically ran the 80s as far as yeah, bond goes let's try to... and he's real fucking hit or miss for me because he does for your eyes only which i think is good mm-hmm. he does octopussy which i think sucks yes he does a view to a kill which sucks but holds a special place in my heart. I we haven't done that, right? No, because I feel like I really want to. I'm gonna say this now because we always end the podcast with this. Like I want to do a view to a kill next, okay? Because I haven't seen a view to a kill in a long, long time. But I feel like when I did watch it last, I did like it, and I know you do not like it. And I'm very curious. Um, not who's it's got right, things going wrong, for but, it. Christopher Walken, yes, of course, very good. Grace Jones, good right. Bond girl. Tanya Roberts, less good Bond girl, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, um, Roger Moore is just, I he know. had aged out of the role. I know, he did. And it 
complicates things in that movie. Banger of a of a of a theme. Yes, love it. Yep. There's good stuff in A View to a Kill, and it's the Bond movie that I grew up on. Like that was my James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. a kid. Um, but it's not great. Okay. And then he does Living Daylights, which is you know in my top two. Uh, there's days where it's my favorite. And then other days it's from Russia with Love. Did we discuss this? I don't know if we have. I fucking love Living Daylights. I know you love it. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there's days where that's my number one. And then there's days where it's from Russia with Love. What, what, where, what, what's your favorite? So your favorite Craig is Skyfall? Yes. Is that top five? Yes. Okay. I mean, possibly top three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that would be up there. My favorite Brosnan. Do you have a favorite Brosnan? I feel like it's Goldeneye. It's probably Goldeneye, but I, I, I would go to bat for World Is Not Enough. I yes, that would be my at the very least my second favorite. Yeah, mine too. His. Mine too. But it could be a toss up. There's days where I could name that as my favorite Brosnan. Every time we do this podcast, <laughs> I think to myself, and I'm sure I say it on every one of these podcasts. Like I wish. I had the time and the stamina to really like go through these movies again and really like start from the beginning and watch them all and really take them in, do a proper ranking. Um, I'm just, I'm so, I'm just, I'm not good at, and you're not like, I brought this up to you a million times. And like, I listened to someone like Elric Kane who can talk for eight straight minutes about a movie. Yeah. In so much detail, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then say I've only seen it once, and that was twelve <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Right. Like I'm, I feel so, the same way. I'm so bad at that. Like, yeah. I, like I want to be able to talk intelligently about yeah. even my <laughs> Timothy Dalton's two movies. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I, I, guys. It's been a busy week. I, to... <laughs> I was listening to the most recent like video archives after show today, and uh-huh. they were talking about people who have an ability to catalog every movie and who have seen every movie. And supposedly there's like Quentin and then there's Christoph Gans. I think they said was the other one. Yeah. yeah, Who claims to have seen every movie. And then they were like, Oh, they threw out brotherhood of death. And he was like, well, fuck, I haven't seen that. And his tail went between his legs and he kind of shrunk away. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, I've seen brotherhood of death. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're, I can compete. Um, you absolutely can compete. But I can't remember Brotherhood of Death, so I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck, I need to rewatch Brotherhood of Death in order to compete with Christoph Gantz. So I immediately took myself out of the running. Uh, but my point is, yes, I would need to like rewatch every Bond movie. And maybe that's how we end this. Maybe we redo all 25. I mean, not re-podcast them, but like no, rewatch all 25 and do a definitive ranking. I, I think that would be fun. And, and like, I would love to in theory, but yeah, like it's so daunting to say like, okay, now you got to rewatch 25 movies. I, one of the most fun times I've had watching movies, period, was when, if you remember, I, we were, I was still living in... Christianized old condo. Yeah. And I borrowed at least one of your James Bond box sets okay. because I really hadn't seen, I'd seen like the Brosnan ones and maybe a couple of Connery's, a couple of Moore's, but okay. I had a ton of blind spots. Yeah. So I started from the beginning. And again, I think you let me borrow your box sets and uh, man, it was so much yeah. fun. And I like would love to, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be quite as, as fun the second time around, but it's been long enough that maybe it would be. 
We were – the last time I did it was we were living in our old place and it was leading up to Quantum of Solace and I was like terrified that Charlie was going to be born before Quantum of Solace came out. I was like, you better fucking hold on, kid, because I got to see Quantum of Solace theatrically. And at that point, what was that, 22? Skyfall's 23, Spectre's 24. Okay, so 22. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I watched 21 Bond movies leading up to Charlie being born. Uh, Because, again, it was December and she was pregnant and we had the time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it was awesome. It was super fun. You know, I remember like decorating the tree and having Roger Moore on and like. Love it. Yeah. I would totally do it again. Not that I would ever upgrade all my bonds to 4K because how expensive are we talking? But if they release the whole thing on 4K, it's like there's your excuse to see how all of them look in 4K, (laughs) you know. Um, But I'm not going to fucking upgrade 25 movies to 4K. (laughs) 24. I already have the most recent in 4K. Yeah. I don't, well, that's, we could talk about that off mic, your philosophy on upgrading what you upgrade and what you don't upgrade. I, my rule has basically been upgrade nothing except Toby Hooper. Okay. Yeah. I'm sort of fallen into like, maybe it depends on the director. Like there's a handful, like I'll, you know, Goodfellas comes out in fork, you know, Goodfellas in 4K. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I started wondering, like, do I do the Tarantinos? No, probably not. Do I do... I did the Tarantinos. Okay. I did the Tarantinos. I've done Scorsese. Okay. Um, I don't. By the way, I don't have a 4K TV. <laughs> but you're ready. I'm, I am ready. And we have <laughs> our... We had, like, one of our Blu-ray players died. Okay. And I was like, we got to get yeah, right. a 4K right. player. I know we don't have a 4K TV yet. I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I was sort of, like, sticking with... Director and then like Bram Stoker's Dracula, a movie I love, was on sale that 4K and I was like, okay, oh, that's a, such a visual movie. I want that. right. So I like I told myself I'm not going to do it, and then now I'm just so disappointed in how easily I could talk <laughs> myself into it. Well, especially when like Black Friday comes around, like today Super yeah. Eight was seven ninety nine, and I was like, I would upgrade Super Eight to 4K. Yeah. There's no Blu-ray with it, so if I ever want to watch it down here. I can't. Right. So same with the Indiana Jones set. Same with the Godfather set. Um, they come 4K and digital, but there's no Blu-rays with it. So I'm like, until I switch to a 4K projector and a 4K player down here, yep. I'm not going to upgrade all that shit. Yeah. Nope. That's smart. Blu-ray. <laughs> Blu-ray. Even like a mission, the first Mission Impossible, the Blu-ray of which is not great was like seven bucks on Amazon today. And I was like, maybe I upgrade the De Palmas. But then that means I'm upgrading Dress to Kill to 4K. And what do I do with my fucking Criterion Dress to Kill? Know, like, right? I'm going to keep both. I already have the Criterion. Why would I upgrade that? So, Toby Hooper or new stuff. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. 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 Or maybe the 25 James Bonds if they come out. <laughs> yeah. So that we can watch them all and do a definitive ranking. License to Kill, I suspect, would lands somewhere in the middle and or bottom half for okay. me. I feel like it would be middle of the road for me. Okay. But yeah, again, I want to... I, in October, I didn't realize it till this year, the October, I think it's like 5th, is James Bond Day. Maybe don't do it in October, assholes. And that was part of my... That November was my, 5th. Th- th- that, right. That November was my problem. Bond. When I saw that, I was like, oh, 
interesting. And that, then it just fucking planted a seed in my head. Then I'm like, well, now I just want to watch James Bond movies. But it was the beginning of October, so I'm yeah. like, I can't watch James yeah. Bond movies. So I bought a James Bond graphic novel that was horrible. <laughs> it was not good at all. I was hoping that would scratch that itch. What was it called? I don't remember. Let's put them on blast. I don't remember. <laughs> Damn it. But it was not It was not great. I'm sorry. And then I got... I've. I've owned Casino Royale the book for a long time. Okay. And I've I've started it a few times and I can't, it's a very thin book. Like there's no reason I shouldn't be able to finish it. They spent All the Bond books are super thin. I should have read all of them I, by I, now. I know. And I've like, read I'll, zero. I'll listen to James Bonding, they're re they're putting those back out again. Okay. Because now they're they're so like every week is they're reissuing another James Bonding episode. Got it. Uh, and it's great. I love that podcast. And Matt Gorley always is like constantly talking about, you know, comparing the movies to the books. And I'm like, fuck, I should like, I need to step it up. And then there's, you know, four pages on how to play Baccarat. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Ian, Ian. Just got to suck it up. Yeah. I mean, the little bit that I, of research that I did on License to Kill was that this bond is closer to Fleming's bond. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was Dalton. Yeah. Dalton's thing all along was he wanted to, yeah. Wanted to bring his bond back to what the Ian Fleming version. Okay. And just never really got an opportunity. The third movie never really materialized because the bond franchise got caught up in legal bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was going to do it. They're going, right. It was like going to come on like, uh, he didn't retire but, until like 94, five years after his right. last Bond movie. So he was still technically Bond for this five-year period of limbo. And I think he was the one who said like, I thought I read that like his contract was up in like 94 or something. Yeah. And then in 95, they said you could do it again, but he would have had to have signed on. Resigned. Resigned. Right, exactly. Like, no, I'm going to be, who am I, Roger Moore? I'm going to be too old. <laughs> right. So they went to Brosnan, baby, which everyone at the time was like, yes, perfect. Yeah. That's who we've been waiting for. Not for me. The the further yeah. away I get from the Brosnan bonds, the less into them I am. I think that's where I'm at. And I feel bad because my mom loves Pierce Brosnan bonds. Okay. Um, we were just talking about Pierce Brosnan the other day because we found out Rosalie Lewis can't stand Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I was like, but he's so inoffensive. <laughs> right. uh, at worst, he's, you know, likable. Right. Um, because I was talking about the Thomas Crown affair that he's in, which is like probably better than any of his Bonds. It's really good. Yeah. Super good. I had just rewatched the original and I didn't love it. I've I never like, seen the original. It's, I like the remake better. I, I'm a big fan of the remake. Uh, Doug knows why. Um, <laughs> no, but it's actually it's actually it's a good movie. I like that movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Pierce is supposed to be a, like a super nice guy because I think they talked about this on James Bond and because Matt Gorley does not like right the Pierce Brosnan movies at right all. and uh, Matt Myra is a big fan of them. Okay, but I think they got into a whole conversation where they were telling stories about Pierce Brosnan. I think he's supposed to be a very nice all right man which is always great to hear i haven't seen black adam but he seems to be a promising dr fate i'm not either i was just talking to adam risky about this like, okay i can't believe there are two pretty big comic book movies yeah. out right now yeah i have not seen them and i nor no have i desire I, and i didn't I, you know i'm definitely waiting for disney plus to get wakanda forever yeah yeah like if i go out to a movie now it's going to be fablemans or it's going to be glass onion will be gone by the time i get out to a movie Yes. Uh, yeah. 
Same. We're still talking about seeing, uh, again, I've talked about it every time I'm on here, Christy loves the Marvel movies. Right. And, uh, we are actually going to save Wakanda forever for this week. We're getting some work done on our house and need to be out of our house. We're actually going to try to see it this week. So. Okay. Because it is not a short movie. No. I haven't seen a movie since the reissue of Avatar. Part of me is like, do I just wait till Avatar 2? There's a beautiful symmetry to there, that. There is. Why not? <laughs> For who? Like, who could give a shit you. except my AMC app, which will show those two next to each other. And I'm like, see? Sorry, Sorry it's worth it. It is kind of worth it, right? If Avatar Way of Water is not my favorite movie of the year, I'm fucked. There's no top 10 show this year. I'm really excited for it. Me too. What if it's horrible? I don't know. What if I don't like it the first time? Like I didn't like Avatar the first time. I've thought about that because I'm like, what if the dialogue, what if I can't get past it the way I couldn't the first time with Avatar? And now I'm like, I accept you. I accept you. <laughs> Flaws and all, Avatar. Every time Seth, By the way, they will rip get... out your eyes and, and eat them for jujubes. I'm like, they seriously still are making jujubes this far in the future? I accept you, Avatar. I accept you. Uh. Because he can't write dialogue know, that I well. I know. But boy, does he do, do everything else well. Yes, exactly, which is why I really like that movie. But uh, I talked about Avatar so much at Disney. And like I, the, my Avatar magic band was a running joke with me and Charlie. And so he keeps saying, like, is Avatar one of your favorite movies? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. He's like, What? But you talk about it so much. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I really like it, but I wouldn't even, it's not even my favorite James Cameron movie. So how could it possibly be one of my favorite movies of all time? And then he's like, well, what is your, what are your favorite movies? And I'm like, well, there, I have too many, you know, to really get into. I mean, he knows Back to the Future is like my favorite favorite, right. but he can't understand how Avatar is not one of my favorites <laughs> with as much as I talk about it, That's, especially at Disney. That is funny. Yeah. I... Pandora, this is here. This is my hot take. At Disney World, Pandora, I prefer to Galaxy's Edge. There. Me too. It. Yeah, no question there. Yeah, but I love that's it. not surprising from me, from you. You're a yeah. bigger Star Wars guy than me. Maybe. But, yeah, Pandora's fucking awesome yeah. at Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, they get super cool. Even though, again, it's one and a half good rides. Yeah, no, I know. It's the best but ride you've ever been on. So good. And then it's like, let's wait for a cool animatronic. I'm a sucker for like anything in a boat. <laughs> okay. I Interesting. I did yeah. not know that. Oh, yeah. But there's really nothing to see. And then you get to that animatronic and you're like, well, that's the most impressive animatronic I've ever seen in my life. Yep. But the rest of the ride is like a C. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I like it. But this year we finally did it right. We did... River Journey before Flight of Passage. Okay. Every other time we've done Flight of Passage and then River Journey, and it's a huge so come like down. You're just right. like, oh, oh, this is the other Avatar ride. Here is kind of a nice little teaser. Flight of Passage is awesome. It's the best. It's so cool. License to Kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't love the whole like revenge thing. Um, I think the movie is lacking great set pieces. Yes, I agree with that. Which is one of the things we come to Bond for. True. 
I don't love the cold open. I feel I like I would. I feel like I would love the cold open more if they didn't reveal it was a wedding until they parachuted down. Oh yeah. Okay. Watching it today, I was like, wouldn't it be so much more interesting if they parachute down and realize we're at Felix Leiter's wedding? <laughs> That's true. I don't know why they cast David Hedison, a 62-year-old <laughs> man, to With play Priscilla Felix Barnes. Leiter. Priscilla Barnes is great. Happy to see her show up in anything. She is great. And tell me she, her and Bond were not going to fall. <laughs> like, I totally forgot about that. That whole, like, I get to kiss the best oh, man. Oh, right. They were. Yes. They probably have already I mean, fucked, yeah. right? Come on, God! I what hope are we? So. What are we talking about? I hope so. Um, yeah, and David, David Hedison Hed- survives, and there's a very funny scene <laughs> where, like, David Hedison, I feel like, is in earshot, and Bond is talking to the Frank McRae character, whose name is Sharky. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Felix Slater has been eaten by sharks. <laughs> And there's a character named Sharky. I just feel like his PTSD would kick in. He'd be like, wait, what? Shark where? No, no, no. Sorry. No, no. I was talking to Sharky. <laughs> Who? Shark where? And it's a fucking Abbott and Costello routine where just every time they say Sharky, he goes back to, wait, what? Who? Oh, I don't know. That's very funny. Yeah. David Hedison is one of the few James Bond people i've met interesting do tell he was at a show in schomburg it was called like not schomburg i apologize rosemont how dare you he was at it was my hopes up for a minute sorry sorry is this where you met jaws it's where i met jaws okay and it's where i met tippy hedron it was like they they referred it it was like a an autograph show okay they call i can't remember what it's called years and years ago it's called like the hollywood something I vaguely like, remember this existing yeah, pre-pandemic. Them and like some cast members from like Magnum PI. It was just like all over the place. So you were in heaven. Heaven. Because <laughs> I know what a Magnum guy you are. Magnum PI. Um, but yeah, but I'm, yeah, I got Tom to Tom Selleck, by the way, another Don Johnson situation. Tom Selleck should have been a fucking movie star because yeah. I watched Quigley Down Under, a movie that rules. And I'm like, Tom Selleck, you fucking hold the screen. Charismatic as fuck. Like, should have been a movie star. Yep. Locked into that TV thing and yep. couldn't. We've gotten better, I feel like, in that way that like actors can bounce back and forth now. That is for sure. They true. do TV. They go back to movies. Uh, for a long time, it was like you do TV, you're a TV guy. You do movies, mm-hmm. you're a movie guy. And never the twain shall meet, despite your attempts to try. <laughs> and not and not that money is the most important thing. But Tom Selleck is made. A hell of a living in TV. Like, he's on what, it's a show, Blue Bloods or something? It's which has been on for like 15 right. seasons. So a show you never seen. Right. It's a show. That's what I was going to bring up. Like, that's one of those shows that I was like, I feel like that's been on for a year or two. And then I look it up and I'm like, since 1989. I'm looking up really, Blue Bloods. It's been on uh, since 2010. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. There's fucking See? 13 seasons See? of a show so that I couldn't tell you when it's on. <laughs> no. It's probably on CBS. Yep. But I mean, Tom Selleck's doing fine, is my point. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with you. He's, uh, yeah, charismatic as folk. Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, how do we get on? Oh, so you've met David Edison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, I met, yeah, I was, I was trying to think of, like, if I met, who I met from the Bond world, and it's he and Richard Keel. That might be it. I've never okay. met a Bond. I would love to meet a Bond. Probably Daniel Craig. 
Well, Daniel Craig would be. Yes, my daughters asked. We were playing this game. They always ask, like, <clears throat> if you could. We always play like top five games, so it's like top five favorite movies. Top five. Do your daughters want to be on the Patreon? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Evie brings up no joke all the time. Like Patrick should have me on a podcast, so she just wants to talk about Little Women. Oh, okay. um, got it. So <laughs> I saw Bones and All, by the way. Uh, I told her. Okay, I saw Bones and All. Yeah, you liked it. Um, Super good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we were. They asked if you could meet five celebrities. Okay. Who would it be? Wow. Daniel Craig made my top five. Interesting. Who were the other four? Well, I said Tom um, Selleck. Tom, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Someone from Bonanza. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gunsmoke, if I had my sorry, brothers. Sorry. But, uh, they, they had to be, well, it started out they had to be alive. Okay. And then my youngest that daughter, Mia, um, <laughs> was like, can they, can they be animatronic? We're like, what? And then she asked if they could be pets or animals. And we're like, what is he? Does she happening? want to meet the Navi from the end no, of Navi River Journey? I can't even remember what the animatronic okay. was now. I just remember that making me laugh. But yeah, Daniel Craig made it put on the spot when I had to come up with five celebrities. Daniel Craig made my five. Okay. It was Steven Spielberg. That yeah, makes sense. Well, Martin Scorsese was number one. Okay. I said Steven Spielberg. And then I wanted to get off of directors. <laughs> I said Daniel Craig. Okay. I'm not married to this list. Yeah. I really have to think about it. And then I said maybe like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Okay. I feel like those are doable. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. The I other was in, ones are going to be tougher. Thanks to Adam Risky, I was in the same room as Simon Pegg right. and Nick Frost. And I know that they've done <clears throat> conventions before. So that's, you know. Daniel was Price this? Did you make this list after you met Tarantino or was he on the list? Uh, this was like last week. So it was after okay, I met okay. Tarantino. He would have been, he would have been. Yeah, two. right. That's uh, amazing that. One of your top five, basically, you get to cross off. I mean, how cool, right? How cool is that? Um, well worth it. So how about you? Put oh, on I, spot, I have five zero fucking clue. Okay, I I would not even know where to start. Okay, um, my daughters would not accept that answer. No, I which I, to... I have to think about it. Okay, I can't do it on the spot at all. Okay. I will try to think about it. Okay, because there's I I don't want to meet people. But... I'm terrified <laughs> to meet people. I I am too. I told you I'm not going to. But you've met I'm, so many. Yeah, no, I know. But like, I get the opportunity to meet people, and I don't take it. Yeah, I know. I, I know. stood next to George Romero. I took a picture of George Romero and didn't meet George Romero. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I was like, "What do I say? I don't know what to do. Again, I can't meet him." Still, uh, still better than me being like, "I could meet George Romero, but five year mission. <laughs> They're about to play. I'll get Romero next time." R.I.P. George Romero. R.I.P. George Romero. Speaking of which. Carrie Lowell. I say speaking yep. of which because she got her start in some Albert Pune movies. R.I.P. Albert Pune. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Yeah, about that Albert was very Pune. sad. I'm very... I'm happy to see so many people, like, celebrating him. So many people. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You uh, corresponded with him, didn't you? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. That's Mostly great. his wife. But, okay. Uh, but him a little bit. And I did get to meet him, and he did sign my... Cyborg poster. That's Hope right. you like the director's cut. That's <laughs> and then he foisted his editor on me, and so she also signed it. So it's signed by him and his editor. That happened to me. Remember when we? I think it was the night I. Well, I don't know. It all mixes together. The night I left to go watch iCarly, but when I met <laughs> Charles Listen Band, to our Patreon, Joe. <laughs> when I met Charles Band, and when we met Charles Band, and Stuart Gordon. Yeah. And there was an actress with them. Robin Sydney. Robin Sydney. I was like Sydney something. Yeah. That she signed my 
book, and I was like, I, I don't she's know. She's done she some horror. I she has, and she's I, done a lot I, of Full I, Moon. Yeah, and she's in a great Masters of Horror. Which one? Fucking Right to Die. Oh. With Martin Donovan. Yeah, yeah. Who's making his second appearance on (laughs) F This Movie in two weeks. Uh, And the woman who was like on Battlestar Galactica or something. But um, I don't remember her name. But that's a great Masters of Horror. And it's directed by like the guy who did Wrong Turn and nothing else. Like (laughs) Rob D. Cruz. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Rob Schmidt, maybe. That's what you need, Adam Risky here. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. R.I.P. Albert Pune. Yeah, I love your movies. I'm, sorry. I'm sad to see you gone. Carrie Lowell. What's your opinion on her as a Bond girl? I think this movie kind of has two bad Bond girls. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a big Talisa Soto guy. Um, she does the job fine. It's just an underwritten part. Bond doesn't even fuck her. Because no. again, AIDS. Right. right. <laughs> uh, Carrie Lowell, he does have sex with. He presumably, does. Presumably. But I find her to be a sort of pouty. I was, I, I, yes. I was going to say, like, she almost separates herself from other Bond girls in that she seems pouty and jealous. And, and immature. Yeah. It was, it was a strange choice, I thought. Um, I mean, she's the, it's fine. not the fault it's of her not, performance. Right, her I fault. don't like the way her character is. Written. I I agree. She's not one of my favorite Bond girls. Right. She's very very pretty. I didn't realize. I like looked her. I googled her. I didn't know she was like married to Richard Gere. I didn't either. Yeah. Still, uh, I don't believe so. probably not. <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> Given but... how long Hollywood marriages last, yeah. that's a that's a handsome couple. Uh, yeah, for sure. But no, I, I had the same thought you did. I thought she was fine. My problems were not her fault. It was the way she was written. But yeah, right. she's, she, yeah, that was weird. Like, I'm, it's like, I've never seen a Bond girl get jealous before. And, uh, she was married to Griffin Dunn for six years. Oh. And then married to Richard Gere for 14 years. They divorced in 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh... Yeah. So post Jackal, Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah. You know, she had him during his arbitrage years. I think <laughs> I don't remember when arbitrage came out, but I'm gonna say it was pre 2016. Arbitrage is a movie I don't know that I ever heard of till I think Paul F. Tompkins brought it up on a three to really? episode. Yeah. <laughs> and Me just... and PFT yeah, keeping arbitrage P- alive. Exactly. Uh. Where are you at on the theme? I, I feel like there's some boxes we need to check as yeah. we talk around this movie, I, I but don't, don't talk much about this movie. I don't love the theme. Uh, this is like an Adam Risky favorite. I was going to say, like, I feel bad because Adam's my friend, but I don't love, I don't love this theme. It's a little too easy listening for me. I love the the two notes, like the, bum, bum, uh-huh. you know, sure. The rest of it, I can kind of take or leave. Yeah. It's okay. Again, maybe middle of the pack. Could have used a little sitar and <laughs> Chris Cornell. But uh Yeah, I don't feel I don't like I would put it at the, the pack bottom. Or... You put it I, I, I Okay. Might. I okay. Might. I didn't love it. I have never attempted to rank the Bond themes before. I'm not going to now because no. I would have to re-listen to all of them, but like it's definitely better I than like all-time high. Yeah, all it's right. It's definitely better than whatever the fucking theme is for... What is it, all-time high? Uh, 
what movie does it go to? <laughs> I'm blanking. I apologize. I was going to say Octopussy, but I don't know that it's Octopussy. Octopussy. It is Octopussy. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I remember that having a bad theme, and it, it, it is bad. <laughs> so I'm like, again, I was listening to James Bonding today, and they did the Die Another Day episode. That is not, I don't love the Madonna song. No, that would be near the bottom right? for me. It's better than that. We could do that Adam Risky thing, just better or worse than. True. I like, I'm like looking at it right now. Yeah. These are all the Bond things. Okay. I like every single Daniel Craig one. You like writings uh, on the wall? Okay. I was just going to say, like, maybe not the Sam Smith one. I like the other ones, though. Uh yes, yeah, I, do like I the mostly Jack do White, too. Alicia Keys one. So do I. No, not everyone does. I know I'm a fan. Prin- uh, I just saw some clip that like uh, Jack White met Prince once, and Prince just said, "I like your James Bond song." And Jack White was like, "Really?" Because most people don't. <laughs> and he said, "No, I really do." No, I've always been a fan. I don't know where I'm at on "No Time to Die," the theme. I like Billie okay. Eilish. I, like Billie I think Eilish. it's I like, like a pretty song. song. I just don't know that I love it as a Bond. Theme. Okay. It's maybe a little too low key for me. I know you love the Chris Cornell one. You know, again, <laughs> kind of in the middle. <laughs> I really love that song. I like it as a song. I just don't know that I love it as a Bond thing. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but no, this was not. Sorry, Adam Risky. This was not my favorite. Okay. Okay. We won't do better or worse. Um, I mean, we could. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Too late now. You uh, fucking put it away. I, sorry, sorry. No, stop. It's fine. I got it. So Chris Cornell. Carrie Lowell, here. by the way, is now 61, so she's almost the age of Felix Leiter in this movie. <laughs> I was looking at the, diff- the age difference between him and Priscilla Barnes is like 30-something years, I think. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, because she's like only a couple years removed from Three's Company at yeah. this point. This is 89, which, by the way, is a fucking monster year. And part of the reason that License to Kill gets kind of swallowed up at the U.S. box office, this movie like fucking broke even at the U.S. box office. Which is Did you why. know that? Yeah. Um, because they were like, yeah, I read that they people blame the box office disappointment on Timothy Dalton's run ending. But that's actually not why. Right. The reason what you said earlier. But you have um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You have Batman. You have Lethal Weapon 2. You have Jesus. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All coming out this summer. Yep. And like also a James Bond movie, you know, which did you see this in the theater? I did not. Okay. My first theatrical bond was Goldeneye. That was mine too. Yeah. I rented this from the library like a lot, I think. Okay. This and and Living Daylights for some reason were like, I checked those out from the library all the time. Okay. Didn't go back further than the Timothy Dalton's, <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I did, you know, uh, View to a Kill was on cable a lot. Checked this and and Living Daylights out from the library, but didn't get back into like the earlier Roger Moore's or the Connerys until much later in life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you didn't grow up on any of the Connerys or no? Okay, not really. I you? Guess, no, I guess I didn't either. Yeah, really. a little bit of Roger Moore. I feel like uh, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Okay, is a movie I remember. Like on WGN. Sure. Seems um, made for WGN. I have this distinct distinct memory, and I may have brought this up before that there was I wanna say 
So maybe not that distinct. Because I'm also <laughs> following up with what I want to say. But that it was a spy love me. It was some Roger Moore movie that I was watching while playing with a James Bond Jr. toy that my mom had gotten me while I was homesick. Was James Bond Jr. like a cartoon? It was a cartoon. Okay. And now as I say this out loud, I feel like James Bond Jr. might have been came out when I was way too old to be playing with a <laughs> toy while I was sick, but I really did it. No, I need to look that. Because yeah. I almost said like, well, that was after my time, but we're not that far apart in age. We're not. James Bond Jr. Sometimes when I talk to Adam and Rob, I realize like, oh, we're of different generations. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like nineties right. kids and I'm eighties. But it's wild, like Christy and I are two years apart, and okay. you would think when we talk about like music or movies or TV shows we watched, you would think we're ten years apart. It's why it's wild to me that is it because those, she like, has such bad taste? I mean, that's <laughs> listen. She doesn't listen to this. It's fine. No, um, that's the only reason I made that comment. <laughs> I can say anything I want about Christy. She's never going to hear it. It's true. Oh, by the way. Don't you fucking snitch tag me. Mia, again, my youngest, asked me the other day. She's like, can I listen to F this movie? And I was like, uh. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I don't know, like. Why you would want yeah, to. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure that it was interesting. You. And then yesterday, yesterday or the day before, she comes downstairs and she's got her her. Her headphones. What are they? AirPods? AirPods? Sure. I think I say earpods and they make fun of me. <laughs> I think it's AirPods. And she was like, holds up her phone and goes, I'm listening to F this movie. Oh, I'm boy. Like, what are you listening to? She was like, The Frighteners. I was like, who's who's on it? I was like, Patrick and who else? She said, Adam Risky. Yeah. I was like, okay. I'm like, I have no idea what they say. So hopefully. Yeah, I don't think it's anything bad. She goes, they're 20 minutes in. They haven't talked about The Frighteners <laughs> yet. I'm like, yep. No, oh, so she left all of our <laughs> iTunes reviews? <laughs> But I laugh very hard. I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, we have to talk about what we've right. seen lately. Right. Uh, Tell her not to listen to the <laughs> License to Kill episode because we barely fucking talk about License to Kill. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Apparently, one time on the show, I made a joke about Charlie and Rosie having bad taste in movies or something like that, and Erica brings it up all the time. She's like, one day they're going to listen to every episode. And I'm like, you think they're going to listen to 12 years worth of this fucking podcast? <laughs> like, I refuse to watch 25 Bond movies. You think they're going to listen to 600 episodes yeah, of F This Movie? There's no way. They're not hearing what I said about them, I promise. And it was a joke. Right, exactly. Anyway. Uh, James Bond Jr. was 91 to 92. So I was 13. That was, it was fine. All but right. he's a nephew of MI6's greatest spy. How can he be a James Bond Jr. if he's a nephew? Well, I don't know. <laughs> he's a nephew. Uh, carries on his uncle's legacy by combating a rogues gallery of new and familiar villains mm. with the help of his schoolmates. Are the familiar villains... One of them... Franz Sanchez. <laughs> One of them, I don't think so. One of them is uh, Jaws, because I remember I had that figure as well the james bond jr figure of jaws correct okay did you tell richard keel that when you met him i did not okay i (laughs) was like it was well worth it um (laughs) that's i'm afraid like i'm not gonna tell that sorry i'm not gonna tell that story on the podcast because i'm afraid that the comments will just (laughs) send me down a dark path um You've suffered for this podcast enough already hey. <laughs> by telling you're the man, man. Yeah, I would agree. A story that lives on to this day. <laughs> you know, if this movie lore. I hate me. 
Somewhere. I brought up Franz Sanchez. Should we talk about Robert Davi? I mean, I kind of started out by saying he feels like a Miami Vice villain of the week. He's not bad. No, he's not bad. I actually enjoy. I enjoy not the real Robert Davi, but I enjoy. No, like, why not? <laughs> I, Did you see? I his enjoy Hunter his directorial Biden? work quite a bit. <laughs> um, no, but I'm a I'm a sucker for yeah. You know, 1989 Robert Davi is a. Bad guy in a Bond film, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. And it reunites uh, special agents uh, Johnson & Johnson, because <laughs> yeah. what's his name? Grand Bush is in yes. the movie, who I love as an actor and never is in enough stuff. That's and true. And when he is in stuff, he's not in it enough. Like, he shows up in Streets of Fire, which we just saw, yeah. and uh, he should be in it more. Not not he should be in Streets of Fire more, but he should just like be bigger parts in the stuff in which he's in. Yeah. I think those girls next to me when we were watching Streets of Fire were Snapchatting about him. <laughs> I do... At Grand Bush. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Robert Davi is fine as a villain. The little bit I read on like the IMDb trivia said he like was considering himself to be a mirror image of Bond. I'm like, on what fucking planet <laughs> is this villain the mirror image of Bond? Like, A... We've done that a few too many times. We've gone yeah. to the well on, like, bad Bond. Uh, Sanchez is not the mirror image of Bond. No, I'm trying to think, like, how did how did, <laughs> how did did he portray that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see that at all. All right. Um, the violence? Should we talk about the graphic violence in this movie? Yeah, so, so that's what I meant by, like, him. I mean, yeah, Bond kills people obviously but yeah. like he like mur- murder i mean he has someone e- eaten by a shark yeah everett mcgill yeah everett mcgill um yeah it's a pretty that the uh, head explosion oh my gosh that was like the thing i carried with me for years yeah. from this movie because it's really disturbing it is poor anthony zerby <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah who, uh it's stars weird. in kiss meets the phantom of the park oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, not a good movie, by no, the way, okay. in case you were like, I should watch it. Yeah, yeah. In case you thought that comment was my cinema speculation. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not. No. <laughs> Did you, have you ever, all right, when I say have you ever, I mean in the three weeks since you got this book. Uh-huh. Um, have you given any thought to like, let's say you wrote a book comparable to cinema speculation. Okay. What movies would you write about? Fuck. Uh, Put me on the spot with that top five celebrity thing. <laughs> you did not answer that. Oh, good point. You don't have to answer uh, this. God, I don't know. Because he's not writing about his favorite movies. No. I don't know how he chose what movies he was going to write about. He, you saw him in person. Did he answer that question? I did. Well, he just talked about like he, cause Sean Fennessy did the Q&A. Sean Fennessy said like, um, you don't talk about some of the you like. He said, "We know you love like exploitation movies." Yeah. Um, he said, "I was surprised not to really see any of those movies in this book." And Quentin just said, "Like, he's like, yeah, I love those movies, but it doesn't mean he he kept saying, he said, I love those movies, but it doesn't mean I can write thirteen pages about okay. those about those movies." So okay. he would try to find, yeah, movies that he would have something to say. Okay. Other than, and you asking me that question, you know I don't have an answer because like I, <laughs> I'm the worst. I told you this a million times. Like I'll watch, you know, whatever, um, Rolling Thunder, and be like that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna ask Patrick if I can write about it. Yeah, 
and I would never get past this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> like I just I don't know how to write about anything. So so I do not know like what I would you know what would I right okay I don't know I can't right. like wrap my head around. Do you have movies you would? No, I don't think so. And if I do, I've already written about them for F this movie. Right, right. Could I expand on some of those? Maybe, you know, I don't know. I was disappointed. I mean, I enjoyed his chapter on the Funhouse, but I was disappointed that it just fucking stops. Yeah. And the book ends. Right. And it's like he starts to say some stuff about the Funhouse, and we disagree about the Funhouse a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think all the characters are awful. I Yeah, I agree. I agree that Richie is awful. I don't know if the other two, well, and Buzz is kind of awful, but the two girls are not awful. Tarantino's goofy. He's got goofy. For sure. Every time I'm reading the book and I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, right. He loved Hollywood ending. Like he's a fucking, (laughs) or not Hollywood ending, anything else. Yeah, anything else. Yeah. Anything else. Oh, boy. Uh, That was the movie I saw the day I proposed to Erica. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So that's the one nice thing I'll say about anything else. (laughs) And Christina Ricci is good in the movie. Mm -hmm. Sure. I have not seen it since. I haven't seen this since the theater either. Weirdly, I'm not drawn to Woody Allen movies these days. No. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> have you seen Robert Davi's movie? Uh, you know, he's kind of like the mirror image of James Bond. <laughs> the mirror image of Woody Allen. <laughs> he's, he's not. In that Bond movies are good, and Robert Davi <laughs> makes movies that are shitty. I presume I haven't seen My Son Hunter. I have not either. I would totally watch it. Oh, yeah. If it was like on the Roku channel or some right. Netflix or whatever, some uh-huh. way to stream it for free, I would 100% watch My Son Hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, the violence is darker and bloodier. It is. Benicio del Toro gets ground up. He does. Felix Leiter gets eaten by Sharky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 what? what? It's like that scene in uh, Matinee when he's like, insecticide, where? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's just talk about Matinee. Matinee's a perfect movie. It's the best. Except for the last shot. Okay. It bothers me that it doesn't fade out at the two of them on the beach and instead cuts to a close-up of a helicopter and then fades out. Yeah, okay. I agree. And the song should carry through into the credits. Sure. These are nitpicks. Matinee's a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Joe Dante, by the way. Yeah. Happy birthday, Joe Dante. Love Joe Dante. Uh, Like License to Kill. Yeah. I like License to Kill. Do you like it more than Living Daylights? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. Okay. I could say that. Okay. I didn't rewatch Living Daylights. I probably should have. What did I I say on the podcast? I never trust myself on these It was like the first one we did, wasn't it? Okay. Might have been. You did, weren't crazy about it. Okay. And we fought about it. Okay. Because I fucking love it. And I, uh, Bond wasn't enough of a scumbag for you, we I think. We didn't talk for years. <laughs> I know. Wasn't enough of a scumbag for you. Isn't that where Gentleman T-Dalt yeah, came that's from? True. Like, that he was too nice. He's not too nice in this movie. Do you remember, speaking of me writing and James Bond, do you remember that, like, on your old website, I was... Writing blog, James blog. Do you remember this? Sort of. I remember like writing until right now. Yeah, I remember writing one thing about. Yeah. About uh, what was it about? Shit about 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 uh, Sean Connery and Roger Moore. It's like comparing their fighting styles or something. Okay, I kind of remember this. I don't know. 
But yeah, that was a long. I assume ass he said time Roger Moore is the better fighter. Oh, obviously, yeah, dude kicks much ass. <laughs> he sure does. That's part of why I. I mean, I like James Bonding, but like Matt Gorley's love of Roger Moore keeps me at arm's length. Yeah, I, because I, I can't wrap my head around it. Again, <laughs> it's like if that's what you grew up with or whatever. And I'm not saying you can't like Roger Moore. For some people, Roger Moore is their Bond, but like because that's so foreign a concept to me i have a hard time embracing that show i do have this weird thing though where like i if you put all the bond movies in front of me right now and said pick one i might pick a roger moore i might too and then i'll be it just depending on what mood but, you're in right but yeah i fucking feel like watching moonraker like yeah whenever yeah. you know uh it there's a bond for every mood sometimes i'm in the mood to watch license to kill Right. Because it's like a dark Joel Silver or action movie of the 80s. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we're doing A View to a Kill next? Yeah, that's my vote. Okay. That's fine. I'm down with it. Okay, cool. Whenever we get around to it. Yeah. November um, 2023. <laughs> have we done one since No Time to Die last November? I thought we did. I thought we did We one. might have. I have no fucking clue. I don't either. But I thought we did one. Uh... What would we have done? I'm looking it up while you talk. Because right, so I feel something. like even more so than this one, we talked about anything but. <laughs> that doesn't sound like us. <laughs> it really does not sound like it's us. It's like I just picture people like tuning in wanting to hear about Bond. It's like the people that tune in to you talking you 2 to me because they want to hear about you 2 We did The Spy Who Loved Me in May. Yeah, there you go. I have no memory of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like literally zero. <laughs> Uh, but Charlie uh, and Rosie will listen to it someday. <laughs> <laughs> and what will they think about what we say about the spy who loved me? Uh, go to fthismovie.com every day for more bullshit like this. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Who knows how long Twitter will be around. Um, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fthismovie. You can yes. hear me and Mike talk about our top five horror directors. Our most recent episode is me and Rob talking Armageddon. Yep. That was when I, Patrick actually named a top five. What? Because I asked you to name five celebrities. Oh, and, that's right. And you didn't do I that. I got it. Your joke landed. You know what? <laughs> we really should have ended this uh, 30 seconds ago. You kept this part. Uh, Charlie, Rosie, I'm so sorry you had, to, you had to hear me drop that joke. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.